This Rock Talk podcast recording is an interview and opinion product that is the property of rocksubculture.com, all rights reserved. Rocksubculture.com is not responsible for any statements or opinions expressed by the guests of this programme. Welcome to Rock Talk, the official podcast for rocksubculture.com. Each podcast features interviews with special guests to discuss all aspects of popular music. Rocksubculture.com travels the globe to experience, review and archive live concert events. Interview those involved in producing and performing a variety of genres of popular rock music as well as find and learn about related studio and stage-use artifacts and memorabilia. Now, let's join our host, Jason DeBoard. Welcome to Rock Subculture's Rock Talk podcast. And today, I'm very excited to have the opportunity to speak with Peter Hook of Peter Hook and the Light. New Order, Joy Division, and a number of other bands and music projects. Um, welcome, well, Mr. Hook. Hello, mate. Yeah, I've done a lot, haven't I? <laughs> yeah, you're... amount of bands I actually did work out when we were doing a, a T-shirt that had been in. Um, <laughs> uh, now I think it's twelve groups. Wow. <laughs> in my in my career, yeah, it is a bit scary to say the least. Well, it's it's awesome. It's actually kind of surreal for me to talk to you because you're my all-time favorite bass player. So oh, I'm, that's very nice. No, you're I'm not a, just saying that, are you? No, I'm not that's just saying that. I'm see, yeah, I'm very sincere. So I'm <laughs> I'm just a huge, huge fan of of your work and you know all cool. the work you've done in all these different bands. Um, I, let's talk a little bit about what's coming up ne- starting next week. Your um, tour in the U.S. here of Low Life and Brotherhood. Um, yep. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Well, it was a crazy idea. Uh, I didn't have it at the start, actually, when I started playing as, as uh, well, we, we didn't start as Peter Hook and the Line. Right. Um, that was the name the promoters gave us. The, the actual name of the band is The Light. So it's just that the promoters obviously were didn't want to promote a band that nobody had heard of. <laughs> right. So they, they stuck my name in front of it. And um, really, to be honest with you, it's just stuck. <laughs> now and uh, it's 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 sad in 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 many ways but that's life i, I do understand <laughs> that so uh, the thing is is that when i first started uh, it was to do a celebration for ian curtis's 30th anniversary it was the 30th anniversary of his life right 2010 and what struck me was was that when we were together as new order it's well documented we never had anything to do with joy division in particular we ignored everything to do with Joy Division. Right. And we'd never celebrated anything to do with Joy Division. And when we split up in 2006 and you were on the outside looking in, mm-hmm. it seemed really odd. Yeah. And I thought, why didn't why have we never celebrated one year, five year, 10 year, <laughs> 25 years? Nothing about it. And Joy Division are actually becoming more and more popular yeah. as time goes on. They're not getting less popular. They're getting more popular. So anyway, when I got the opportunity... To um, to celebrate it, 30 years of Ian Curtis's life, I, I thought, well, I'm not letting this one go. Now, at the time, my relationship with Bernard and Stephen was awful. Right. It's not not as bad as it is now, but it was it was bad. So the thing is, you you wouldn't have even you know 
it wouldn't have crossed my mind to ask them. Right. Because they were busy doing their own thing. They were doing bad lieutenants. Um, the war of words between me and Bernard was very <laughs> strong anyway at that right. point. So there was just no way, you know, that you'd even consider it. So anyway, what happened was was that um, I tried to get a finger, and basically they were all scared off by the internet trolls. <laughs> These wonderful people that are so sure of everything that they say, right. that they have to hide behind a made-up name, um, like that bloody jihadi John in uh, ISIS. You know what I mean? They're so proud of what they're doing, they, they wear masks. Right, exactly. Uh, it just completely confuses me, that part. So the thing is, is that um, everybody I asked to sing was frightened off by the internet <laughs> criticism. Uh, and in the end, my friend Rowetta from Happy Mondays, she said to me, okay, you're going to have to stop messing about. You're <laughs> going to have to do it. That's it. And I thought, oh, shit. <laughs> so I did have to do it. And then, of course, I needed someone to play bass. And my son, Jack, who was exactly the same age as I was when I did Unknown Pleasures. Yeah. Seemed the obvious um, candidate. You know, he'd played with us a couple of times uh, in Monaco reunions with me and Potsy, me and David Potts. Mm -hmm. So, it, yeah, it was obvious. And once he got his teeth into it, you know, the, the, there was no stopping him. And basically, we, we were only going to do one night. That grew to two nights. And then we got uh, offers of gigs all around the world, and it just snowballed from there. And funnily enough, once you'd done Unknown Pleasures, it seemed quite obvious to do Closer. Mm -hmm. And then we did Still as well. We only did Still in England, um, but we did the whole LP of Still. And then it seemed even more obvious to carry on doing it through New Order. Right. So that's what happened. So, you know, the thing is, is that most of these songs have been studiously ignored Yeah. New Order and are studiously being ignored by New Order. Right. <laughs> while they're pretending to be New Order. Right? So the thing is, is that it leaves, it does leave it wide open for me to play this fabulous music that earned us our following. Right. You know, without these songs, we, we, we wouldn't exist. So it's always seemed sad to me. When, when we were together as New Order before we split up in 2006, in my opinion, Bernard and Stephen were so reluctant to play anything that wasn't a, a hit. Right. It just seemed ridiculous to me, and it was a great source of frustration. You know, I'm, I'm absolutely delighted that they've stuck to their colours and still play pretty much the same set in 2014 as they did in 2011, as they did in 2006, as we did in 2000, and as we did in 1997. It's changed so little... They're obviously still not interested in any of the old music. And to be honest with you, as my wife said to me, if you were there, it would drive you nuts because it used to drive you nuts last <laughs> time. And she's absolutely right. You know, so the thing is, is that I do get to dig out these songs that we should have been playing. But for some reason, and maybe I hope some journalists will ask them sometime why they wouldn't play these older songs. Yeah, you so, know, they, I they just wouldn't do it. Yeah, you know, I've actually, I've seen them, I went to the, the Troxy show they did years ago when they, it was like the first show they'd played in, in London and the UK for quite some time. And for me, it was, it was pretty exciting because I was like front row center as a smaller club, but I've seen them in subsequent tours and they kind of keep playing bigger venues. And I don't know, I mean, I'm third party. I love the band. I love the music, but having seen your band play last year in San Francisco and kind of having an opportunity to compare and contrast 
I feel like with them, there's kind of a little bit of a disconnect with the audience. Like I, I love the music, but I just didn't quite feel like the experience of it live. Whereas with you guys, um, there was just that more of more of a, a live show energy. And to me, watching you guys play was more like what I imagined it would have been like to see New Order like back in the day. Because I think the only time I ever saw you guys was like in the early 90s. I saw you guys mm -hmm. in San Francisco, but but not this older material, you know, back. back. Oh, that's, that certainly is praise indeed. I mean, the thing is, is that I don't want to get, you know, <laughs> involved in any more slanging matches than I already Oh, have. yeah, no, that's um, not my, the intention of my comment. I'm just, because, I mean, I, I don't have any ill will towards them. I, you know, I think, I, I think do. they're I awesome. I have a lot of ill will towards them. Don't worry about <laughs> it. I thought, I thought what they did when they reformed behind my back while yeah. I was away in China was absolutely disgusting. Yeah. It really was the most cowardly, awful thing for anybody to do. And the thing is, is that to then try and pretend that they are New Order is just outrageous to me. They're about as much New Order as I am Joy Division. Yeah. You know, playing the stuff. It is ridiculous, and Barney knows that, and he has to bite his tongue all the time. It's a ridiculous premise that most people cannot buy into, and I, I really do hope. That, that people realize that they are being taken for a ride. That disconnection that you feel um, is is the same thing that I felt when I was in the band. Hmm. You know, there, 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 there was a reluctance to play. It's interesting because, you know, the, the, the thing about it is, is that I do think that without the economic dip <laughs> mm -hmm. that we've had, which saw a lot of old musicians, I don't know if you noticed, oh, yeah. Form, yeah, uh, and about the only one that got away with any comments about it was Kate Bush. God bless her. Um, <laughs> no, no, no one said uh, about the Kate Bush coming back round that you know a pension might have bombed, <laughs> and she might need to. But you know the thing is, is that as well as being a vocation, this this is a job that we do. Yeah, I do this job because I love it, and I'm very lucky to have a job that I love and enjoy. But I do it to you know to put my kids through school. To, to have a nice life at home. I, I work very hard to, to provide for my family, you know. Yeah. So the thing is, don't make any, any jokes about it. It is a job, and I do have to do it, you know, at the moment. I, I certainly haven't got anywhere. Yeah, but, you know, wa watching you guys play, I mean, I felt the passion for, for the music, and I felt like you guys were having fun. And, and, and that was the I show where you, did, where you did the Monaco music. cover, because it was, um, I think it was Jack's birthday that's right yeah. and uh i don't know it, it just had like this family sort of feel and it just you know I'm it felt very, very I'm, authentic to me i'm very lucky to get this lot because they are such a lovely bunch but you know the thing about music is right is, is that music is usually better when it's created in a difficult situation sure with an edge you know if you look uh -huh. at jagger and richard's you know, you look at all these great songwriting teams, they're not the best of buddies most of the time. Right. And that does help to make great music. Now, the, the interesting thing is, is that me and Barney used to, you know, have an edge with us all the time. We always were falling out. There. I mean, Pete Saville described it very well. He said, when you go and see them, there's no edge because we don't know whether you and Barney have had a fight. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Barney just gets his own way now and just gets to do whatever he wants. You know, I mean, it was, it was really sad, actually. I remember when they, when they reformed and um, I phoned Steve Morris up because Steve Morris was the one that I always confided in mm -hmm. because it was always me and Steve that knocked around together after the gig, that always went home together. Steve knew exactly um, how I felt and 
how I wanted to split the band up, and with the band did actually split in 2006. And when they reformed, I phoned him up, and uh, I said, "What are you doing? You know, you know what was happening, and you know what's happened. Why are you saying this?" And you know what he said to me? He said to me, "You know me, okay? Whichever way the wind blows." And I thought, "Oh my God!" <laughs> and that was a hard lesson, you know, to learn after all those years of somebody that you spent that much time with was was that fickle, that disloyal to you. Mm-hmm. Up to that, it was it was heartbreaking actually. Yeah, it, it really was a, a heartbreaking moment for me. Probably one of the the most heartbreaking moments I've, I've ever had in my time with New Order. Well, you know that that kind of makes me think. One thing I wanted to ask you is, you know, you've had a lot of abrupt changes thrown at you in your life. You know, with, with New Order or with Joy Division, you know, tragically coming to an end, and then your separation from the other bandmates in New Order. Like, do you ever get sort of contemplative about these things happening for a reason? Like maybe you're supposed to go on a different path or Karma. learn different lessons or what well, do you think? It's, it, you know, life without a shadow of a doubt is very difficult. And the older you get, the more difficult it becomes because I think you actually become more empathic mm-hmm. with people as you get older, you know? And the thing is, is that you are tuned into how people feel and what affects you and what affects your family as you get older. When you're a kid, it just all goes over your head. Right, right. You know, you're so obsessed with yourself, you you don't get that the the luxury of looking at an overview of things. Now the thing is, is that as you get older, you have to deal with a lot of health problems. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, you know, around you get ill, and which is another sad aspect of it. But yeah, I mean, you know, the thing is, is that it's 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 a tough life and it's hard work, but ultimately, I'm, you have to be happy doing it. Now, when New Order was together in 2000. None of us were happy, mm-hmm. you know. And Barney can pretend that he's happy now, but I, I, I doubt very much. I, I would imagine he's pretty much the same as he was, you know, before we split up in 2006. Off the mm-hmm. top of my head, I think I don't think it's going to change that much. He's still a prick, and he always will be. You now he's pure lead singer. You know, you see it in most lead singers, and, and I'll, I'll have to ask the boys if I'm like that. <laughs> they, they do tell, tend to be so self-centered and, and so self-possessed that they're oblivious to the harm and the misery they cause, you know. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that, yeah, things do happen for a reason. This, this problem that we're having is just about a divorce, you know. And the big thing about whether you split or whether you left is all to do with the right of the use of the name mm-hmm. and, as it works, the money. It's deemed in music that if you leave a band, you forego any right to the use of the name or the the money earned. Mm-hmm. That's like an un, unwritten law. Right. But if the band splits, the members retain right. their rights, twenty five percent each, and anything that you you have to do has to be negotiated. Mm-hmm. Now, what they did was they decided, after saying in many interviews, Bernard said that we. And I've seen those interviews because I've got them because I'm using them for the court case. Mm-hmm. Where he said we split. He changed his mind when Bad Lieutenant bombed mm. on its ass. That's when he changed his mind and he realized, shit, we're in the middle of a huge economic recession. Right. I've got a pretty good asset here that I could use. So all I've got to do is concoct something, which he did very well in his book, actually. His book is pretty much a, um, a reason 
It should have been called, This is Why I Reformed New Order Without Peter Hook. That's mm. what his book should be called. Because he tries to um, manipulate the reader to think that I was a bastard. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a disgusting thing to read for me, actually. Very, very sad. Yeah. Because the great thing that I love is, is that in my two books, the Hacienda book and the Joy Division book, I never told a lie. Right. Never. And I'm very, very proud of that. And I suspect, in my opinion, that he can't have that pride. So, so what do you think the legacy of Joy Division and, and New Order will be? And, and what do you think the impact of your relationship with the other bandmates now might have on that? Mm. For me, it has a very negative reaction. Mm-hmm. I do think a lot of people like you just think, well, I don't really care who's in it. I'll go and see what they like. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fair enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, in, in many ways, the fans are coming out of this very well, aren't they? Because yeah. they're getting me playing all the old stuff very well. Mm-hmm. And they get them playing the hits right. over and over again. Right. You know, so the thing is, is that it's it, as a fan... You'd have to say it's not bad, this divorce, because we right. get to hear everything. Because right. if we were together, we'd still be playing all the all that old, yeah. you know, the, all the hit shit. Yeah. Just the same thing over and over again. So, I mean, it is, it's, it's, it's an interesting, you know, I mean, as we do have to say that the Lord giveth with one hand <laughs> and take away with the other, doesn't he? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the, the legacy for me is a little bit poison, but I mean, I'm doing my new order book now. And uh, I must admit that the great thing about Bernard's book is that really it doesn't enlighten anybody about New Order. Uh, the only thing it enlightens people about is what a bastard I'm supposed to be. <laughs> so it leaves it the way perfectly for me to do a proper, detailed, in-depth New Order book. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that, and I'm actually enjoying that. Now, you know, you know the legacy of any band is the, the songs and the atmosphere that those songs conjure up when you hear them. Mm-hmm. And I must admit, you know, practicing these particular songs of Low Life and Brotherhood, when I heard them, it took me straight back to the 80s. It was like hot tub time machine. <laughs> Honestly, I was playing Thieves Like Us, <laughs> subculture, bass up, and it was like being in hot tub time machine. I could feel <laughs> the the aura and the ambience of the 80s. I was like, oh, my God, this is fantastic. To do a song like Shell Shock. Yeah. You know, I mean, that took me right back to Ferris Buller's Day Off. <laughs> Pretty in Pink, Breakfast Club, that whole vibe. You know? Oh, yeah. And it, it, and it made me realize that New Order were a quintessential 80s band because we were never as big in the 90s as we were in the 80s. And most of our classic records were all made in the 80s. We started in 1980 when Ian died, God rest his soul. And we split up in 1990. Well, do you do you feel you know you guys were part of you were you were creating music at the time of you know quote new wave, but I always felt like you guys had such a distinct sound that I never really kind of lumped you into that because it just seemed like you're sort of yeah I mean, doing your own the, thing. Thompson Twins and Tears for Fears, things like that, which were very eighties to Pow and China Crisis and all that. Right, like we they, did transcend it because I mean in the nineties we did the England World Cup song in the nineties. We had our biggest selling record, actually, in the 90s, which was Republic. Republic, for all its faults and all its horrible vibe for us that surrounded it, was actually our best selling record. You know, and I wanted to ask you about Republic, because to me, it doesn't quite feel and sound like a New Order album. Like, I, I mean, I like the songs, but I don't know, there's something a little bit... It sounds it's like produced... electronic. 
Yeah, it just it just sounds I don't know, the, like the something's last, missing. The last New Order song, in my humble opinion, was Regret. Mm-hmm. After that, it was more a Stephen Haig collaboration. Mm-hmm. Mostly led by Bernard. Bernard, in my opinion, destroyed Stephen Gillian on Republic. Stephen Haig was a fan of mine. <laughs> <laughs> and Bernard wrote them off Republic mm-hmm. and put me on it, in mm. my opinion. Uh, so it was quite interesting. You know, we, me, Stephen, Bern, me, Stephen Gillian had actually done a lot of musical work for Republic together because Bernard was busy doing electronics. We mm-hmm. gave him all the music, and he said he didn't like it and rewrote it all. Because he, in, his, in his book, he said he, he thought it wasn't good enough. But, I mean, that's not true. The beauty's in the eye of the beholder, isn't it? You, mm-hmm. If you like it, you, just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's not good enough. Right. You know, it's, it's what, you know, I didn't like it, he should have said. Not that it wasn't good enough. That, right. That's an awful thing to say, really. And the thing is, he wrote it, rewrote most of it with Stephen Hay and got rid of everything that's a fair contribution. Mm-hmm. Right at the end of the record, Stephen Haig, and I thought I was off it as well. I thought, fuck, this record's shit. It's just all about Barney, you know what I mean? It sounded like electronic to me. And right at the end, Stephen Haig said, right, okay, I want you to put your bass back on it all. And I was like, what? And I put my bass back on the whole record, so it became like electronic hmm. with bass. Interesting. I never thought of it that way. Cause actually, it sounds I... slightly different to New Order. Yeah. You know, I really enjoyed electronic, but republic like i like i said i like the songs but to me it just i don't know there's just something about it. i've never quite been able to figure out why it doesn't uh, quite connect you, mate, with me it was an awful awful project we hated each other we hated being dragged in the studio to try and save factory records and we hated being dragged in the studio to try and save the hacienda we'd split up in 1990 we'd all gone off and formed other groups mm-hmm. we had no intention of getting back together again regardless of what barney says the truth is we'd split and nobody um, cared. Yeah. Right? And so the thing is, is that we, we were made and we were said by Tony Wilson and Rob Gretton, if you make this record, you will save Factory and you will save the Hacienda. And we made the record. It was awful, an awful atmosphere. We hated each other's guts. It was really, really difficult. Stephen Haig in particular had a very difficult job doing it. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that it didn't work. It didn't save Factory, and it didn't save the bloody Hacienda. Hmm. So we would have been better off not doing it and keeping New Order as pure as it was. Yeah, I mean, my probably. I mean, I I love the old stuff. But I think if I had to pick a favorite album, it'd probably be Technique. And... Well, I'm you know what I'm really looking forward to doing Technique. Yeah, and that's what I, I wanted to ask wait. you. It's my favorite record. So you really. you will do a Technique tour then? Yes, definitely. Oh, awesome! Yeah, and, okay. and the Republic, and when New Order finish their new record i'm going to play that and all <laughs> <laughs> i'm going to put the bass on it and call it the real new order <laughs> fuck you okay um it, you know I, I think we're about out of time i just wanted to ask you one one last question what do you how do you feel about the music industry today both in terms of like the economics and you know the album versus the single as well as um, the technology, both for newer artists to like make music. Because I know back in the day, it was so hard for you guys to do it, yeah, it was. do it with it was really synthesizers and samples and yeah, everything. Yeah. And now it's so easy. And also, um, um, just the ability with the internet to reach, you know, reach an audience. <clears throat> so, 
see, the, the, the problem for me is, is that I've got something to compare it to. Mm-hmm. Right? I can compare it to the 90s and 80s when New Order used to shift millions of records. I don't know what happened to the money. Right. <laughs> I have to say, but we shifted loads of records and we were treated like gods by the record company. Right. I remember the times, right, when the record company used to take you out for dinner. Now you have to take the record company out for dinner. Right. It's that different. Now, the thing is, is that I, as, as it's sad for me because I compare it. What I compare it to now is, is for me to write a new record, I'd have to, you know, basically lock myself away for six months write something very difficult to start from scratch, write something that you're proud of. And then when you're proud of it, everybody just takes it off you. Yeah. And that is what I, as an older musician, can't relate to. New musicians don't have to do that, do they? They mm-hmm. can just stay as they are. And, you know, the thing is, is that there, there, there has to be a give and take. You know, I mean, I talked to people, I was talking to Billy Corgan uh, out of the... Uh, Washing pumpkins about it. We were mm-hmm. trying to figure out a way of how we could, you know, earn our money to live. And, you know, the, the only two people in this world that suffer, as we do, is you. You journalists mm-hmm. are plagiarized as much as us musicians are. Mm-hmm. You know, your stuff's just taken and put up elsewhere without paying, with no, right. regard, no regard, no no respect. Right. We're, we're, we're both in the same boat. It's quite an interesting thing. And, you know, as a person, you'd never get away with it with your plumber, would you? <laughs> never no. get away with it with your garage mechanic. <laughs> you know, if, if, you went, if you went in your garage and had new tires put on your car and just go, oh, by the way, I'm not paying you, <laughs> he, he would punch you, wouldn't he, and call the police. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but for us, for me and you as a journalist and as a musician, we have to put up with um, our stuff being taken. Yeah, it's the digital it's age. It's a really weird situation. And now the internet gives them gives people that freedom to not pay you. Right. And it also gives them a huge freedom of choice. Mm-hmm. But I still think it's valid. You know, journalists writing about music is still very valid because the thing is, it's more valid than ever because there's so much of it now. Right. You need a guiding hand. You need someone to take you through it and listen to it all for you. You know, someone whose job it is to point you so you get rid of all the shit. Yeah. And you get to the good stuff. It is a very, very difficult situation, but... You know, it, it's life, isn't it? And we have to learn to adapt. I think the problem with the record companies was was that they were so powerful in the 80s and 90s. They didn't see, they saw this coming, but didn't realize that it would wipe them out. Right. And they're like right. dinosaurs. Yeah. They, they didn't adapt. Yeah. And that's their fault. And these people had so much money, so much expertise, but it was all in the wrong areas. And the kids, the youngsters with the fresh ideas, they took it all off. Yeah. Well, I think that's why we see a lot of artists touring today, because that's where they know they can make some money, at least doing concerts, because it's it's, it's offline. He's a prime example, mate. He spent 30 years telling me how shit touring was, how he hated (laughs) playing. And all of a sudden, he comes back in 2011. He loves you all, and he loves playing. I think he's been kidnapped by aliens, right? And they've sent the wrong one back. (laughs) <laughs> that's what I think anyway I'm going to have to go mate everyone's crying out for me to go for dinner with them yeah well thanks so much for uh, taking welcome, the mate. time and I'll... I'm glad we make it in the end yeah and I'll see you I think I'm going to see your LA show so I'll see all you right, next good. month that, that, well don't forget you know in LA we're playing all six albums yeah <laughs> we're doing uh, a lot just for our sins so it should be an interesting <laughs> an interesting evening to say the least alright man awesome. take care alright thank you bye 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 bye
Thank you for listening to our programme, Rock Talk. For the latest gig archives, articles and features about popular music and concert events around the world, please visit us online at www.rocksubculture.com.